Well, hello again, awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson. And I'm uh, making another episode of the awesomers.com podcast series just for you. Now, you probably already know this, but we're deep into the heart of the Founder Foundation's mini-series. And this blueprint is your method to get yourself and your team organized on the, the foundational elements that involve business. We're not going to be able to get to everything, everybody, because I only committed to doing this for 31 days in a row. But what I can tell you is we've already done kind of the level setting that are core principles and values. Uh, then we did some level setting on the marketing fundamentals and foundations, and we're right in the heart of the financial foundations right as we speak today. Uh, now, the good news is we're going to do another one of those uh, processes today, and it's cash flow systemization 101. So everything we're starting on this kind of basic calibration level. Now, we did talk about cash flow a little bit earlier, and I, in fact, shared a, a story of one of my buddies, how he was able to uh, do a really aggressive cash flow uh, management. But I want to just remind you that when you think of a company, like there's nothing, nothing that helps a business more than cash flow. Like it, it literally is the fuel that you need to operate your business. There's You don't exist if you don't have access to cash, even if your business is quote unquote profitable. Put a little air quote uh, in there for everybody. So I, you know, I think a lot of people have heard the statistic that, you know, something like 90% of businesses, or maybe it's 50%, I don't remember the number, but like some huge number of businesses fail within five years. I think it's 90%, but, um, but the reason they fail, most often they fail is lack of capitalization and cash. So that means you either tried to run a business and you lack sufficient capital and that includes cash flow. So you lacked capital to begin with, and then as it grew, you couldn't keep up with it. And I've had friends and I've had people in businesses that their, their businesses got bigger and bigger, but they simply, you know, it fell apart. It literally shook itself apart because they had accounts receivable. And then one of their customers would go out of business. And then there's just cascading effect, negative effect right back to the business where they, you know, you can't make payroll or some other catastrophic situation. And, and if you can't tap capital to maintain basic operations, you're going to have a problem. And so I want to remind everybody that now we're in a, a modern world where there's even more access points to cash, right? So you may not have cash today to buy inventory, but there's a lot of places that will help you fund inventory based on uh, kind of a cash advance philosophy on your gross volume uh, of sales. Even better, they can just go tap into your Shopify and WooCommerce and Amazon accounts and tell you, it's like, here's how much you qualify for. Now, many of those uh, come with a cost. Well, all of those come with a cost. But those types of cash advance, um, they're not supposed to use the term lending, but those types of things come with a higher cost than let's say a traditional bank loan. Certainly than the old school bank loans where we could get, you know, before COVID, you could get, you know, lending for just a, a you know, a few percentage points, if that. Um, it, it was quite a glorious time. Capital is so cheap that the, 
businesses often got a little drunk with how easy and cheap capital was. And in fact, you're finding tech to having tech right now as an industry is facing a little bit of turmoil because they grew accustomed to cheap cash. And now that that cash is um, not as accessible, they you have to make very uh, more calculated decisions, tougher decisions about how they spend their cash. Not to say they're not wildly profitable and can't afford to spend money, but just how everything works together. Uh, capital has a cost and we should be aware of that cost. So that, that's a little aside about capital. Let's talk about cash flow. So the first thing is every month after your closing process, you should be able to see your cash flow uh, report. Now you can even make a cash plan if you want, right? This is where you're anticipating how much cash and then you would run a variance against that. This is kind of like your budget variance report, which we referred to in the past, where you're you're like, gosh, I expect to have this much cash and I don't, why is that? And you should be able to pinpoint precisely like, well, this disbursement means um, I don't have the cash left over. I spent it on this thing over here. It should be very, very clear. Remember, this is could be more important to me, that the difference between cash flow and profit is is a massive difference. There are tax implications to profit. There are uh, systemic implications, like you know where where the health of your business is going and so forth. All of that is really important to track. That's why profit matters um, fundamentally. But as I um, have alluded to in the past, you may have a business that is profitable on a technical basis. Your P&L says, yep, you made some money, but you got no cash. That cash is tied up somewhere in the business. Capital um, spending, whether it's on inventory or equipment or whatever it happens to be on, that is what strips you from having cash day to day. And your ability to control that, or even better, anticipate that, is what separates you know awesomers from normies. So make sure that you are dealing in the you know proper vocabulary. Um, as I think in all things, nomenclature not important to me. What words you use to define these things, but the net effect and the core functionality in terms of the difference between profit and cash flow is absolutely uh, essential. So as you think about cash flow, it's basically, you know, how much cash did you start with? How much did you spend? And how much did you get? And then how much did you get left over? Right? Often you'll put the receipts at the top, disbursements at the bottom. Um, but how much you got left, right? So you started with a balance, you ended with a balance, and you got a little in and you spent a little out. That's how a cash flow statement works. Understanding that and getting it right on your cash flow statement, I think is pretty simple, and pretty easy. Most accounting systems are going to have a standardized cash flow statement already, already created for you, already uh, good to go. Now, you can customize that. Maybe you're not getting enough information. It's not uh, detailed enough for you. You can go ahead and most cases, you can click into the cash flow statement and get more and more granular as you go. This is certainly the case with parsimony. It's also the case, I believe, with QuickBooks and Zero as well. So part of your objective with a cash flow statement is to understand where you're going so you can forecast. And I know that forecasting is like one of the most painful things, particularly for those who are in the private label business, because cash is 
Well, it's it's what I've already described. It's the fuel that powers your rocket ship. And if you can't buy inventory, you can't make sales. And if you can't make sales, you don't have a business. So your your constant need to funnel, you know, the next rocket ship uh, fuel bill is that my analogy is running away with me. You need more inventory to sell more stuff. Your need to buy more inventory before you sell that inventory is what creates a negative cash flow situation. And so I want you to be um, aware of that. Uh, you know, most of you are probably painfully aware of that already if you've been in business any longer than, let's say, you know, two or three reorder cycles. Um, but also, this is an additional incentive for you to figure out how to engineer a better cash flow. This is also a great tool for you to share with your suppliers, showing them your pain. You don't have to necessarily give them the real cash flow statement or the precise numbers. But if you show them, you know, for the last three months, I've burned, you know, uh, X amount or X percent of the cash because I'm funneling all the money over to you, factory. I need better payment terms from you. And by giving me better payment terms, I'm going to be able to fund more inventory and fund more purchases and more advertising that's going to drive more sales, right? That's part of that negotiation dance that I talked about in a podcast episode. Negotiation 101, you can go look it up, everybody. It's on the awesomers.com podcast network. Um, okay, so my point is by bringing visibility to something, then you can start the analysis part of the, you know, the process and then ultimately the decision part comes after the analysis. You know, so first, you know, activities happen and then kind of the accounting and, and the scorekeeping piece happens. Then you analyze that and then fundamentally you make decisions about that. I, you know, I certainly understand when business is growing and everything's going fast. And sometimes, by the way, like after Christmas in a private label business, all the cash is starting to flood in and, you, and you're like fat and happy. You're like, ah, this is great. I love this. This is so cool. Um, and sometimes you spend money you think you have, but it's not actual profit, right? There are, I, I have many uh, friends and heck, I've fallen victim to this myself. You see cash in the account. You're like, that's a lot of cash. We must be doing pretty well. And then you go make some investment or expense or some other uh, allocation of that capital and it was ill-advised because you didn't really understand your next, um, you know, needs uh, that were coming up in the near future. And so, by having a, you know, cash flow statement, then you can start planning how you're going to spend that cash and forecasting your future inventory shipments. And even then, forecasting, you know, how much time is Amazon holding your money, and what effect does that have? Not just Amazon. I'm using an Amazon FBA seller, whoever's got your money, right? Uh, if you sell to a big box, they will often have, you know, 60 day terms minimum. But a lot of those will be connected. Uh, let's say Target, for example, if you sell to Target or Staples, there's a company called C2 CFO that will start emailing you and go, hey, you know, give us a, a percentage and we'll give you cash weekly or daily. And that, you know, that helps fund your cash flow. And sometimes those are costs that we have to bear because we simply have to have cash to buy more stock, you know, to keep the whole uh, train rolling. 
Uh, if you get a good cash flow statement and you start to understand those patterns, then in your monthly review of the financials, you can start to say, what is my open to buy for inventory this month, right? Because you can start to anticipate. You, you have a budget, you know what your sales are going to be, and you have your inventory and you know what it needs to be. And so you go, well, is, should I be buying inventory now or next month? And then again, some of the downstream things that you can control, what are my payment terms and all, all those other things. I hope that everybody starts to see that like some of the busy work and painful detail of making a stupid budget and reading stupid financial statements once a month and doing all of this thing, all of these things that I hate to do, right? I'm putting my bias out there front and center as I often do. I don't like to do that stuff. And so I want to avoid, it. I want to procrastinate it, but that's not what awesomers do, right? We have to have discipline and doing the things that we don't want to do um, that need to be done, doing the things that need to be done that we don't want to do. That's where, you know, a real leader steps up and gets things done. Now, the great news is the more you grow and the more you manage these things and get the processes done, other people can run them for you. I don't create my own financial statements. I have no bloody idea how to close the books myself. If you start getting me talking about debits or credits in the financial system, like we're going to crash this rocket ship immediately, right? So my own personal level of competency doesn't stand in the way of my organization understanding how to do these things at a world-class level. Like I have no idea. I have some idea how to make a journal entry, but I have no idea the, the precise debits and credit accounts and the ramifications of those, nor would I be good at closing books or doing all of these financial accounting. But I have great team members and colleagues who take charge of those things and they become responsible for it. And they're proud about it. By the way, they also enjoy doing it, to be honest. And they will make audit statements and they'll make financial statements. And they do all of these things that help bring the, the balance of control and the balance of, you know, um, well, order to the business and less of the Steve brand of chaos. The old grenade chucker Steve can't get everybody. And so good things come out of these uh, processes. So remember that a cash flow statement is one thing that shows you here's actually what happened. But you can actually create cash plans, much like a budget, and then do a variance report against that cash plan as well. That is a, um, you know, let's call that a more advanced way of looking at things. And over time, you will find that having good financial people in your business is so, so valuable. And I know a lot of people are like, well, gosh, Steve, I don't want to manage people and I don't want to have you know, too many expenses and it's better if I just keep all the money and do all the work. And listen, it's your business. You you decide what you want to do. I, I It's ultimately your call. But if you want to scale and if you want to have a sense of normalcy in your life and not be constantly stressed down and not, um, well, as I like to say, if you want a life worth living, start to figure out how to systematize and then delegate to the appropriate people. Your life will be far better because of it. And that includes your financial systems. This has been a quick one on cash flow systemization, everybody. And I hope that you got something out of it. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. And don't hesitate to like, subscribe, share, 
notify that little notify button. Then you'll know when the next one of these comes out. Bye, everybody.